I want me some glory hope. Oh, yeah. Hello, welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. Whether you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, or on iHeartRadio, we thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Sevis, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Woo, Bo Sevis, this week I am five beers in not because I hate my life and can't stand to have a sober moment. No, it's because <laughs> it is because I am pre-celebrating the five and zero we have coming this weekend in the NFL, baby. And also because I can't stand to have a sober moment. Double <laughs> win, double win. Now, whether you are here for the funny, it's a quest for fun. I'm gonna have fun, and you're gonna have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun when we need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn spiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for y'all. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. Apologies, Mr. President. I'll try to do better with this question. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Center. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up for those free picks premium picks, and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. Y'all know the drill by now. We will make you laugh. (laughs) We will make you cringe. Holy Santa Claus shit. But most of all, baby, we will make you a shit ton of money. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money! Now, since we are that good and people do love us, we have an additional YouTube show in collaboration with 105.3, the fan in Dallas called The Degenerate, with world-famous R.J. Choppy. Murray, and against Zana, left side, swings this one, Holloway for three, and I set fire to the rain, watched it pour as I touch your face. Now, with all that business out of the way, Welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast, Bo Cephas, as always. Here on a sports patio, we got the TVs glowing. We got the beer heavily flowing, and right now, it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, fucking disgusting, cold beer choice of the week. Well, thank you very much there, sir. Tonight, I am drinking a 1909 by Shiner Brewery right here in Shiner, Texas. It's part of their Winter Cold Front Ensemble. It's a good beer. Three out of five on the beer app. And we're going to bring you some facts about 1909 tonight. Uh First of all, in 1909, 
Joan of Arc received her beatification from Pope John Paul 73, whatever his mm-hmm. number was at that time. Sure. And for all of our Muslim and Baptist friends out there, beatification means that she was entered in the first stage of canonization. It's kind of like passing the first step of getting to the Hall of Fame, right? You got to you got to get the qualifying votes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, canon, canonization is when you become a saint. And if you don't remember who Joan of Arc was, uh, she was that crazy French broad that uh, cut all her hair off and murdered a lot of people. And then for her trouble, she got burned at the stake for being a witch. So I think the Pope kind of did her solid on the whole beatification thing. But anyway, moving Mm. on. The Indianapolis 500 was built in 1909. And last thing, Ty Cobb, this is an amazing stat, led the American League in home runs in the year 1909 without ever hitting a single ball over the fence. And Longhorn, Mm. that's because, you know, back then the game was played a lot differently. First of all, uh, racists like Ty Cobb were a lot faster back then, obviously. And secondly, they didn't allow the black people to play because Uh if they did, you know, Ken Griffey's great-grandpa would have gunned his ass out at second (laughs) because the ball would never have got by him in the first place. Yeah. But, you know, seriously, uh, Ty Cobb was a gigantic piece of shit and one of the greatest hitters of all time. So that's 1909 in a review. Yeah, he was was a giant racist from, from all accounts. Yes, he was. All right, boys and girls, we're getting to the podcast now. We are going to give you that college free pick in just one second. Then we're going to go over the good, the bad, and the hard. You fucking kidding me? And then we're going to give you all, and I mean all, of those fucking wins coming in the air tonight, baby. Right now, it's time to get you paid. And to do that, we're going to get that college free pick of the week. And this week, the college free pick of the week is Baylor, minus 16.5 at home versus Kansas. Kansas Longhorn is the definition of futility. Since 1992, ATS, they are 88 and 122 as a dog. That's 42%. Now, if you don't think it can get any worse than that, they are 53 and 84 in that same time span on the road, ATS. That's 39%. And they're 45 and 70 ATS in road conference games, which this is, which is also 39%. Now, we tell you all the time that ATS performance means so much because it gives expectation. Now, Longhorn, you're just as big a college football history buff as I am. Since 1992, would you classify Kansas as a juggernaut college football program? I would say Kansas. What is Kansas is not a juggernaut (laughs) for 200, Alex. Yeah, wrong show, and uh, you're oh, disqualified. Sorry. So, of course they're not. They have been big-ass dogs because, you know what, Vegas isn't full. Vegas knows Kansas sucks. Vegas knows Kansas is going to lose, and they're going to lose big. But no matter how big a dog they make them, they still can't even perform up to that. And for one more example of that, their average margin of loss over that time period, Longhorn is 22 goddamn points, which means if you are a Kansas football fan, which why would you be, but if you are... Or if you're an alumni, you obviously picked the wrong fucking school if you like football because you have wasted your entire life watching those shitty Jayhawks play on Saturdays. Hopefully you're a basketball fan, that's why you went there. Anyway, coupled with that and the fact that it's a projected uh, top five delta per our power rankings, we love Baylor and those Bears minus 16 and a half this week, baby. Does Kansas still have that great big old fat uh, state, state marshmallow plump blimp? looking coach that could barely fit into a headset 
No, he died of fatness. They've got a. Uh, remember Les Miles Ooh. from LSU? That's who they got now. Did he really die? Did I just step on a landmine? I have no idea if he's dead or not. God, I hope he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys and girls, now that we got you paid, we got to get fucking paid. And to do that, we got to bring up our sponsor. And our sponsor this week is BetAnySports.eu. I said Bet Hey Sports.eu. It is the only place to go for online gambling, just like the name suggests. All sports. If you want to bet if that fat ass coach from Kansas is dead or not from fatness, you can do it. They've got odds on it. They got poker. They got full casino games. They advertise reduced juice, minus 105 in most situations, same day payouts. They welcome Bitcoin. They have the widest selections of props, parlays, and teasers on the internet. People, go to betanysports.eu. Put in code word glory hole. You get a 35% sign up bonus today, baby. What does that mean? It means you deposit $1,000, you get back $1,350. You take their free money, you take our picks, you win money on top of money on top of money, baby. It's betanysports.eu, code word glory hole. One more time, I said bet. Hey! Sports.eu, code word glory hole. And now it's time for the good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, that's just fucking great. That's just fucking great. The bad. This is bad? This is bad? Well, that's fucking not good. And the are you? Fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? God damn it, are you fucking with me? Alright boys and girls, and as always, we're going to start off with the good, and the good last week was our call on Arizona minus seven. Versus those sorry-ass Washington football team people. I don't know. Uh, that game yeah. was never in doubt. It was the perfect handicap. Washington's biggest strength was nullified by the midget shuffle. Longhorn, easy, easy fucking win for us there, buddy. Yep, he did the, mud, the midget dance all day long. He sure the hell did. And now going to move on to the bad. The bad were those fucking disgusting eagles. Mm-hmm. There was a moment in the fourth quarter they could have tied it, but Wentz threw a terrible pick, and then they got both boat race from there. Uh, I mean, Philly pretty clearly at this point has some issues with their football team. I didn't know that uh, that you could bleach your skin, but Winston clearly is the starting quarterback for Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> Why would he pick out. red hair, though? Jesus. Well, I mean, the gingers, uh, it's making a comeback. It's making a comeback. Mm, I, I just can't see that comeback working out for him. All right, now we're going to move on to the Are You Fucking Kidding Me? And this week, that award goes to Tennessee. Tennessee, you let the sorry-ass Jaguars, <laughs> who got boat raced at home last night by Miami, continually yeah. come back and make that a game. And I actually went back Longhorn in the box score because I was so disgusted by it. At the end of Five different scoring drives. Five different scoring drives. Tennessee was up by double digits. Five fucking times. Mm-hmm. Including going to the fourth quarter, they're up by 13. And then, Tennessee, you proceed to get outscored 13-3 to in the fourth quarter and hang on to win by a goddamn field goal. You fucking pieces of shit. Yeah, I think Jacksonville... Jacksonville might be one of these teams where we're going to have to catch, ride that wave, the up and down wave um, for them. We, we missed the wave last week. Clearly, we hit the, the wave first week one against Indy. So this, this might be an up and down team. You got to 
probably got to get a good feel for this team uh, week to week on how exactly they're going to show up. So riding the wave of Jacksonville, is that the same as like riding Minshew's mustache? Like, is that what you're telling me right now? I don't think anybody wants to ride that mustache after he just got embarrassed. <laughs> embarrassed on national TV by a, I'm, he's got to be close to 40-year-old uh, Harvard quarterback that doesn't give two shits and sticks his still sticks his nose in like he's a fucking running back. I don't. That guy's an enigma. And did you see the Hawaiian shirt that he wore in the post post game conference? Oh, it was glorious. That chest hair just flowing, baby. That guy is a legend. All right, boys and girls, that's the time you've all been waiting for. It's time for all those wins that are coming in the air tonight, baby! And Longhorn, this week we are going to start up in New England where those Patriots are a five-and-a-half-point home favorite hosting Darius. Coming off a huge win that, uh, yeah, my buddy called. He hit the sounder on it. Fucking win straight up on Monday night. What do you got, New England and Raiders? Yep, that was a great call and a pretty obvious call to us last week. But this is a new week, and this is the NFL um, like you said, they, Vegas is coming off that huge emotional win uh, against New Orleans on a Monday night in a stadium and city opener. Uh, so really just emotions could not be any higher after that win. Um, and now with one less day to prepare, they face the greatest coach in the world on the road who is going to be in full grind mode after losing a game on the last play of the game last week against Seattle is just a horrible, horrible spot here for Vegas and um, uh, New England. New and also New England coming off of a loss is is a twenty three and twelve ATS over the last twenty years. They don't lose a lot clearly since that's a twenty year trend and it's only twenty three <laughs> and twelve. But when they do come off a loss, they fucking win. Um, you know, and if you go back to week one, uh, Vegas against Carolina, if it wasn't for that horrible fourth and one call at the end of the game that Carolina did, they were driving in that game, and I believe they were going to win that game. It, all signs are pointing to them driving down to get that win. Uh, I have to lean to New England here, laying the points. One last thing, and I'll throw it to you. The two personnel groups that Vegas struggles the most, the most with uh, so far this year, and again, it's only two games, but – the 11 personnel and the 21 personnel. And just so happens, New England is the most efficient team in the league right now through two games in the 11 personnel and the 21 personnel. Just a horrible spot, horrible matchup for, for Las Vegas. I got New England. Yeah, I definitely got to lean with you here. Um, Vegas has definitely outperformed. My, that they've, I've had to upgrade them about a half a point for my preseason power rankings so far through two weeks so they're you know Gruden's got it working out there but one yeah. thing one real quick thing then I'll we'll move on uh, a big note and we're not conspiracy theory people that's not what we do we think everything's on the level we know everything's on the level when it comes to gambling because gamblers 
What people don't realize about gamblers, we're actually the best police that you'll ever have. Because we want a fair game across the board because the only way we can win as gamblers is the fairest game possible. Because we're already at a disadvantage to the house always. always. So we want the fairest game. So what I'm going to say is going to sound shady, but it's not. So Vegas was on the hook for a big time loss. Well, they were already going to lose the weekend anyway. Uh, the public dominated last week. It does happen. usually happens about two times a year. This last week just happened to be one of them. But it was kind of more historic with the amount of money, and then they were on the hook for about another $10 million if the Saints covered that game against Vegas. Now, I'm not saying that with fix was in. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is when you think about referees, they're humans too, and they read and they listen, and, they, and they're fans of football. So, of course, they're listening to sports talk. They're doing all those things. They know that they're yeah. in the town. They know what's going on. It's not that they didn't or officiated differently so that Vegas would win, but just like any other human, we're all influenced by kind of outcomes that we know a mass majority of people are hoping for. And to that point, Vegas was called for three penalties in that game. <laughs> now, I don't remember the last time the Raiders had a game anywhere. Oakland, the fucking moon, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, they only had three goddamn penalties. You're talking about one of the most penalized teams in the history of the National yeah. Football League. Three penalties. To your point, Longhorn, I don't think that's sustainable at all. I think they go up to New England and get worked a little bit by uh, the Belichicks. Yeah, and that, that watch, they're going against New England, who historically never commits penalties or gets called for them anyways. And that'll be a huge flip in this game. Don't be surprised if Vegas gets screwed out of a couple calls that could have gone either way, and it just turns the game. Yep. All right, moving on. We're going to stay up there in the bitter, cold northeast while anybody lives there. I don't know what you people are doing. But anyway, Buffalo, they're minus two consensus, one and a half at some places. I've seen it even at one against the Rams. Yep, this is one of those either way games. Obviously, the line suggests that also, but you know, Buffalo had they got over nine yards per play last week uh, uh, against Miami, and Miami had under six yards per play. So, so by that they dominated the game, but Miami covered the score. And then if you go back to Week One, they jumped the shitty Jets and got a huge lead at halftime. And then you know maybe they got bored with you know with the blowout, whatever <clears throat> whatever it was. It came. It only ended up being a ten point win. Um, you know, but this is going to be new territory for Buffalo. This is this is this is a real football team that they're they're facing this time. And uh, I will say this: the last 19 times that Buffalo has been favored uh, in a game, all 19 were versus versus losing teams. This is the first time in four years they're going to be favored against a winning team. So this is absolutely new territory for Buffalo. And on top of that, listening to the local news uh, in LA. Uh, in the press conferences, uh, McVay apparently studied Baltimore's off offense in the offseason and was just completely enamored by their pre-snap motions, uh, and he has added that to his offense. Now, he always did motions. That was always part of his part of his um, game, but apparently whatever Baltimore was doing, he just fell in love with, and uh, they are actually now running pre-snap motions at, 50, at a 15% higher clip than anyone else, even higher than what Baltimore is doing. So, he, and it's showing in the first few games. If you watch the first few games, there are people running wide open for the Rams all over the field. Um, Goff is throwing off a play action on 48% of his passes, passes, which is also a league high. 
Um, so it's just going to be a great chess match game uh, here, and I really can't wait to watch it. I'd prefer to not have a pick on this game, actually, uh, just and just watch it and see kind of how where, which direction these two teams are going. Um, you know, you do have the factor of West Coast to East Coast on back-to-back weeks for the Rams, and that is making me hesitant to uh, hit the sounder for the Rams. And it's pretty, it, honestly, that's the only thing keeping me from hitting the sounder on this Rams on this Rams team. I, I do lean to the Rams hesitantly. I know it's going against convention a little bit, but I just I love what they're doing, and uh, I can't wait to watch it. What do you got? Yeah, I'm with you. It's, it's a stay away game for me, but it's mostly because I want to see, like, Buffalo pretty much is what we thought they were going to be. I've upgraded them a half a point uh, through two weeks in the power rankings, but they're not doing anything that I didn't expect them to do. However, the Rams, I didn't have a lot of high hopes for the Rams. I've upgraded the Rams more than any team in the power rankings so far. At least the numbers have upgraded them more than any team in the power rankings so far. And I really want to see, is that fool's gold, like two games? Are they going to go up there and, and beat what we know is a good team in Buffalo? Like, we thought Dallas was a good team. I still think Dallas will end up being a good team. But right now, they're not playing like a good team. And Philadelphia, obviously, isn't playing worth a shit. So, but Buffalo, again, they are 2-0. They haven't been, like you said, extremely impressive doing it. But they've still gotten upgraded a little bit. And now I want to see what the Rams do against a team that I know is a good football team and see if that upgrade stays or how much we have to downgrade them after they lose if that's the way it goes yep all right moving on we're going to pittsburgh and they are now a consensus four point home favorite over those houston texans okay let me find it here okay th- this is a game that falls into um did i mention the trend at the top of this i think i forgot didn't i yeah i thought we we're gonna go w- once we hit a game we'd bring it up. okay well then this falls into us so let's let's state it now um Teams that this is a heavy trend, and this is kind of the theme of the week for me. Teams that start the season 0 and 2, and 0 and 2 ATS. Week three are 47 and 28 ATS over the last 10 years. It is a heavy trend. It's one to not take lightly, um, and, and to just be conscious of. And now let me scroll back down here to the Houston Pittsburgh game. So this game obviously does fall into that category, um, and, and that trend is so strong that I would. I would probably, on a forced lean, have to lean to Houston here. Um, now, look, look, Houston has lost to the two best teams in the league, Casey and Baltimore, and now they get Pittsburgh, which, you know, I don't know what, what your power rankings say uh, on yours, but on mine they're tied for fifth in the league for power rankings. So, clearly, the schedule makers want O'Brien to be fired ASAP because uh, they, <laughs> they did them. I mean, just think about that, like, Casey, yeah, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. What the fuck is that? Like, Jesus. Um, now, I will say DeCastro is supposed to come back uh, in this game for Pittsburgh, and he is much needed because that offensive line for Pittsburgh has graded out to be horrible this year. Um, you know, so, you know, how much will one person help? Eh, it's hard to say. But, you know, overall, I'm pretty much torn on this game. Um, I, honestly, if this, if this line is was what it should be which would which is which is six points this would be a just a slam the table take houston game for me at four it feels like it's a little short and it's lost its value um you know it's a stay away game for me both cephas i'll throw it to you one last thing um against kansas city and baltimore houston was only outgained by 110 total yards in those two games so although they although they it did get ugly 
um, on the scoreboard, it you know, by by the yards, it, it you know, it can be deceiving, but it it wasn't as bad as it may seem. Yeah, I'm torn on this too. I mean, I would I on the opposite side of the board of you, I would lean Pittsburgh, and I know it's it's a fantastic trend. I think it's what like 61 percent over the last 30 years on that same situation. There's five teams this week that we'll get into. This is team number one of those five. So what does that tell you historically? Three of these five teams are going to cover. All right, 61%, it's five teams, three, five, six. You guys can do simple math. So three of these five teams. So the question is now as a handicapper, which two are going to be the losers and which three are going to be the winners, right? Yeah. And I think this is one of those ones that's a pretty good toss-up. The thing that I keep coming back to, though, is I didn't have high hopes for Houston coming in. I know you didn't either. Uh, But they're even worse than I thought they would be to enter the season. So, again, this is one of those games where it's it's a good spot to stay away. But even when you stay away from games of handicap, you're paying attention, obviously. But you're paying attention for different reasons. And right now, what I'm paying – I had, as long as Big Big came back, we both were in agreement that Pittsburgh was going to be a good football team. Their defense was going to be great, which it is. Mm-hmm. And if Big Ben could stand his fat ass up there and just throw the ball still, their offense would be fine, which it is. So the, Pittsburgh has not been a surprise at all doing what they're doing. Uh, Houston being a little bit worse than I imagine is not a shocker to me. But, like you said, it's the best two teams. But then this is team number five in your power ranking, so you're still playing a top five team. So can Houston stay within four points of a top-five team, period? And we're about to find that out you know, this weekend. And we're yeah. about to see if, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say that this team's going to be that much more of a test than anything that, you know, Pittsburgh's played already. I think with their pass rush and Watson really struggling uh, so far without Hopkins. This, this game, I mean, Watson could make some magic in the end, but at this point he's a, he's a career Sub 500 ATS quarterback, and this game could get fucking ugly as well. Like Pittsburgh could really make his life miserable. And this this game could go sideways in the end. I think. Yeah, and to that point, like, like it'd be great if if O'Brien wouldn't fuck the game right off in the first quarter last week, uh, trailing three to nothing. They go for it on their own like 32 yard line on fourth on fourth and short, and of course don't get it. This is first quarter, mind you. Don't get it. Baltimore, a couple plays later, touchdown. It's ten nothing game, and the and the fucking route is on. Like, I mean, you just don't fuck your team like that that early in a game. He's just he's horrible. Yeah, and that's it. I sound so hypocritical right now, but I'm saying it anyway. Like these coaches get a little bit too carried away with the in game analytics, which our whole our whole being is built off analytics and algorithms. But what we do is a lot different than what they do. And if you've coached football, been around football, watched football, you know there's certain moments in games that you either don't recover from or you don't look back from. Like there's a moment in every game that switches the game, you know, pretty much decidingly to the other side. And it can happen right there in the first quarter. It could happen, obviously, with seconds left in the fourth quarter. But there's a moment in the game, and you have to know as a coach that that's one of those moments, kind of lick your wounds no matter what anybody's telling you in your ear, whatever algorithm guy you're, you're listening to, that's not the time to fucking do that. And I know yeah. overall mathematically it works out, but again, we've all watched football long enough to know certain situations you just, you got to do the proper thing, and that was to punt the ball. Turn the analytics guy microphone off until the second half. Just turn it off. 
That's a good call. All right, moving on. Those New York football giants are hosting the San Francisco 49ers, and this game is all the way down to New York plus three and a half. Man, yeah, and there there are a multitude of reasons why, and let's go over them. Um, Bocevas, can you imagine playing a game in a stadium on a turf that possibly just wrecked your Super Bowl uh, hopeful season with injuries, and then the very next week you have to go back into that stadium and play on that same turf. You talk about an unprecedented mind fuck that that is going to be for the uh, San Francisco 49ers, and not to mention the. I mean, it's not just the injuries they suffered in that game; they, they've suffered injuries all, you know, all season long, all preseason long. They are just they're the snake bit team in the league. Uh, I believe Jimmy G has finally been ruled out. Correct. Correct. It is yeah, so- Nick. Look at my Mullins. Sure, that sounds like a good nickname. Let's roll with that. Um, you know, I just – I'm not going to go over the laundry list of, of injuries that they have because it's too long and we don't have that long in the podcast. Uh, let's let's skip to the Giants. Um, oddly enough, Be- Barkley being out might actually force New York to open up this Jason Garrett offense and not be so reliant on one player and spread the ball around, maybe use Daniel Jones's legs you know, like they did last year before Garrett came and just get him moving out on bootlegs, even some quarterback design runs. Just just use those legs to your advantage. Um, th- this number, like you said, does keep coming down, and for good reason because Bo Cephas hit that sounder. I am back-to-back weeks. I am going to take those Giants to win a game outright as underdogs. Uh, obviously, I think they're going to cover this game. Uh, what do you got over there? Yeah, I think only the crapper clapper, Jason Garrett, could fuck us out of this one. And um, go Big Blue, baby. Go do it. All right, moving on. Those Minnesota Vikings are home dogs. Not a situation they find themselves in very often, but they are. Two and a half points to the Tennessee Fuck This Last Week Titans. Yeah, Tennessee got us good last week. That was not not enjoyable to watch at all. Um, This one... This game actually falls into the 0-2 ATS trend um, also, which which is going to fly in the face of my handicap, but I don't care. Like you said, it is only 60%. That means 40% of the time the other team does win. Um, I think the entire world, including both of us, has overrated Minnesota, Minnesota and overrated them dramatically. And you know what? It was based on reputation of the coach because he is a fantastic coach, and they have over the years had a really good roster. But if you actually look at the roster they're putting on the field these days, it is a well below average, and that's and that's taking into account the injuries that uh, keep piling up for them. They lost another uh, linebacker last week, Anthony Barr, um, and he won't be coming back this week. You know, it's just one of those – look, at the end of the year – this is going to shock some people. At the end of the year, don't be surprised if Minnesota's sitting there with a four and twelve record or a five and eleven record and and drafting in the top, you know, four, five, six of the league. Um, it's just, it's just we dramatically over it. Now I don't necessarily want Tennessee on the road as a as a favorite like that. I you know if I was inclined to go that way, the two and a half number is enticing because it's under the field goal. Um, but, but because of the trend, it's a stay away from me. I don't want to, I don't really want to mess with this game a whole lot. Um, last thing, and I'll throw it to you. Uh, Minnesota 
has had a safety against them in three straight games. The first two games, <laughs> the first two games of this year, and the last game of last year. New league record, and if that is not a sign of an awful team, Bocephus, I don't know what is. Yeah, that's pretty impressive uh, futility <laughs> right there to get fucking three straight games of the uh. safety. You don't usually have three games, I mean, in five years against your team with a safety. I mean, that's just yeah. such a rare play in the NFL. Uh, it is one of the five, but like we said, two of those are going to lose. I don't have a real good reason to lean against you, but I do, but I don't want to mm. bet it either. Yeah. Um, but to your point, you're absolutely spot on when you say we've drastically overrated Minnesota. At this point, I've downgraded Minnesota at three full points Yeah. Uh, from where I thought that they would be. I thought they'd be right there competing with Green Bay for the division title. Right now, that's obviously not happening. And at some point, you know, Captain Kurt's got to earn that fucking money and pull these people out of this. The only reason why I would lean against you is because Tennessee is not – they're 2-0, but they have not been – Impressive. They barely covered against Denver on the road, and they did not cover against one of the worst teams in the NFL at home last week. Yeah. And then we saw the Jaguars, like I said, get boat raced by Miami. And you've got Zimmer, and you did, and, and Cousins is better than fucking Tannehill. Like, he just is. So, at the end of the day, Tennessee does have the better roster. Anthony Brown's mm. out again. Is that his name, Anthony Brown? Anthony Barr or other? No. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, Anthony Brown, Mississippi State. Yeah, you're right. Or yeah, Mississippi. For, for Tennessee. So, mm-hmm. I don't I, I just think if, if, if Minnesota's going to save their season at all, they have to win this football game, and I don't believe that they're going to be. They, they very well could be a 4-12 team. They're trending that way. I don't believe they will be. I believe they're – I mean, at this point, they're probably going to end up somewhere on that 7-8 win mark, and to do that, they've got to win this football game to save their season. Okay. All right, moving on. We're going to Cleveland. Your Cleveland Browns hosting the Washington football people, and they are seven-point home favorites two weeks in a row. They have been at a touchdown or almost at a touchdown as a favorite in Cleveland. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm starting to lose interest in this Cleveland team. I used to. I used to really like watching them, but I'm. I'm they're giving me just. I just don't like them anymore. Uh, this line hasn't moved all week, and there's you know there's a reason for that. Nobody trusts either quarterback in this spot. It really comes down to the quarterback for both teams in this spot, uh, and the line is perfectly right. Uh, I'm in, honestly, I'm inclined to to take the points in situations like this. Uh, you know, and I. I truly recognize that Haskins is one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. He's only completing 56% of his passes and he is ranked 30. He is ranked 32nd uh, quarterback by PFF. So he is truly just awful. Um, You know, hang on. Wait, wait though. How many teams are in the NFL? Well, there's 32 teams, but there's been more quarterbacks Uh. played than 32. So just, he's not the work. Just, just let's, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let's move on. So, do I do I trust Baker in, in a game like this to cover the seven fucking against a, against a team with a pass rush like that? Fucking hell, no, I don't. Um, 
Baker's completion percentage this year went under pressure is only 35%. And he's going to do his famous, you know, bailout way too soon, escape the pocket, run to the right, and make a bunch of mistakes. Um, that's what he does. But then again, like I said, do I trust Haskins to be able to go through that back door like back door Burrow did last week against Cleveland? No, I do not. Um, this is clearly a stay away game for me. Um, on a forced lean, I would have to take those skins that are red, like I said. One last thing, and I'll throw it to you. This will be the most popular teaser play of the weekend. Cleveland uh, teasing them down through the seven and through the three all the way down to one, which is basically just to pick them. Um, I'm hesitant, man, because, you know, with that defensive line, there could be some mistakes that Baker does that just cost them the game. I'm going to stay away completely from both scenarios in this game. What do you got? Yeah, it's a stay away game for me, too. I lean the other way, though. I do lean Cleveland. I think the key to this game is going to be them running the ball. As as good as Washington is at rushing the passer, they haven't shown real proficiency at stopping the run just as yet. Their linebacking core is terrible. And if and here's my thing. like This, this is one of those, again, find-out games. We're going to find out how good this young coaching staff is for Cleveland because it's not that they don't know that Washington has four fucking first-rounders in their defensive line. Right. They obviously know that. So if you know that and you're going to game plan around it, you're going to want to get the ball out of Baker's hands early, get it in OBJs, get it in Jarvis Landry, get it in your playmakers' hands because they have plenty of playmakers against a shitty secondary for Washington and let them make plays because if you're going to sit there and drop a game plan that has – you know, straight drop back fucking uh, play action seven step drops, well, then you're a shitty fucking coach. And that will tell me everything I need to know about this coaching staff. So it's a find-out game for me again on this one. I do lean Cleveland. However, if you do lean with Longhorn and you like the skins, at stations right now you can get them at seven and a half, which is crucial. So go get that hook if you're going to go skins for sure. Yep. All right, moving on. Those goddamn dirty eagles, those fuckheads. They're at home. They're minus four. They are only minus four and a half <laughs> to the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, that's that's that's. This is a perfect say it out loud game to me. You know, call me stupid, but I, ain't, I I'm absolutely putting my hand back on that hot stove here for Philly. You know, they did burn us last week. You know, happens. It's whatever. We don't we don't win 100%. We, we try to win, you know, 55 to 58. That's that's how we do it. Um, I just don't understand all the steam here on Cincy. I truly don't get it. Um, is it. Is it the Burrow love or is it just the Philly hate? Who knows? Um, this Does this game fall into the 0-2? Is this the trend? No, it does not. Okay, that's right because, yeah, you're right. Okay, so honestly, this is just a smash spot for Philly to me. I know everybody's against me. Don't care. Since he is dead last against the run, uh, uh, and that's exactly what Philly needs to do to get this offense going. The return of Lane Johnson and Miles Sanders last week was a, was huge for them, and they, and they actually had it working. They went for 121 yards and a 4.7 average against the Rams. You know, if it wasn't for, for Wentz kind of throwing that game away when they had a chance to uh, take the lead and actually put the pressure back on the Rams, could have been a whole different scenario. Uh, and by the way, on that last pick, he had a guy underneath, wide open. I don't know why. I don't know why this dude's forcing it. They might. 
pretty soon I'm going to be ready to pull the plug on Wentz and just say that I overrated him too. But we'll, we'll give him another week here to get it going. I do look for the far, far more talented team and the far, far more talented coaching staff to get it going here at home against a horrible team. And, you know, I, you know I'm not going to call – we don't call blowouts, but this should be a 10-point comfortable win for Philly. I'm going Philly here. I mean, it's the only – this is, this is so frustrating. It's the only way to play the game. So if you're going to bet this game, there is no other way to bet it. People, I, I get the Joe Burrow love, and I like the kid too. I really do. I like him, I I like him coming down to LSU. I yeah. thought he was going to be good. I don't think he's going to be all-time great, but I could be wrong. Um, and he's shown, man, he's shown a lot of fucking moxie playing for these two for, in these two games. But at the end of the day, they are O and fucking two. They're mm-hmm. a bad football team. They are not going to win four games even this season. They're going to be three and thirteen at best at the end of the mm-hmm. fucking day. So for them to only be four and a half points, a dog in a defending NFC East champ- champion home stadium against a Pro Bowl quarterback and a Super Bowl winning coach. Mm-hmm. It's fucking insane. And yep. it's it's so easy. And Longhorn, you and I talked about this. Like, I almost feel square taking this pick because I'm like, a fucking course, a fucking course, Phillies aside. I don't know I mean, what I'm missing. should be seven and a half. And I, we're getting it for less than five? Like, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, it's one of those things like it, it's – it's so easy that it scares me. It's so easy yeah, to scare. I agree. And by the way, did you ever did you ever hear back from the uh, LGBTQ LMNOP community? Am I allowed to call him Backdoor Burrow? Yeah, they said that was fine. They said that was fine as long as you uh, gave him the benefit of the reach around every time that you called him that. Okay, look, don't go crazy, homos. I'm not doing that. <laughs> All right, moving on to Hotlanta and those dirty birds that lost inconceivably. Inconceivable. Mm. <laughs> to yeah. the Cowboys. They are three-and-a-half-point home favorites to Chicago. All right, I'm going to try to make this one quick for time reasons. Uh, th- this just feels like the slam dunk of the week, um, which we know in the NFL puts you in a losing situation more often than not. I know we just talked about Philly, but this one is this one is, is – this one is an explainable, confusing line, at least uh, to me. Um, every Joe in the world is going to be on Chicago, the two and O team, getting the points versus a team that is that is horrible. That the whole world just saw have one of the worst losses in the world. Um, you know, you just you just I, I'm going. Let's make it quick. I'm going opposite. I'm taking Atlanta, where I'm leaning Atlanta, anyways. Uh, one train. I'll throw it to you. Teams coming off a loss scoring 37 or more. So they lose, but they score 37 or more. The next game, they are 38 and 17 ATS. That is 69%. Y'all yeah, lean with you, and you get it at Circus Sports at minus three. Um, the only thing I'm going to add to this game is oh, and sorry, and Bet GM as well at the minus three. The mm-hmm. only thing I'll add to this game is that the situation that Atlanta found themselves in last week, it was, I think, and I'm trying to remember this correctly, a team of up by 20 or more points and ahead of at least on the turnover battle of at least three was 400 and oh straight up 
in the history of the NFL. Oh, that was 440 and 0, something like that. Do what? 440 and 0, something like that. So yeah, over 400 games, <laughs> decent sample size. Yeah. Never lost. Atlanta found a way to lose. Atlanta. Mm, all right, moving on. Indianapolis Colts, and they are now all the way up to 11 and a half point home favorites versus those New York J E T S. Fucking Jets. Well, at the risk of people picking up on a um, New York Jets trend here, I must do it. Hello, corner TV game. <laughs> we can just preemptively slot the Jets into the corner TV game for the season. Nobody puts baby in the corner, but we all put those Jets in the corner. Listen, you don't make a living in this league laying double-digit points. Uh, you know, you just, you just don't. So this, to me, this is a Jets or nothing game. Um, I, I want no part of that dumpster fire in New York. So this is definitely a hard pass for me. Um, you know, enjoy your corner, Jets. Uh, you'll probably cover the 11 points or whatever it is, but I will not be watching. Yep, this is one of the five. One of the five on that trim we gave you the start, so... This could very easily hit. Um, It probably will, and we're probably just passing away money. But to your point, at this point, it's it's the more the turmoil than the lack of talent to me for the Jets. Like I don't know how much longer the coach is going to be there, and it's let it play it out. But they probably will cover. And if you're thinking they will, you can actually get them. For some reason, BetGM is feeling generous. I guess they got some fucking heavy Colts money in because they're getting it twelve and a half. Twelve. Oh my god. So you can get it 12 and a half at BetGM. So if you want to go Jets, buy it there. Hmm. All right, moving on. Those L.A. Chargers are six and a half point home favorites versus the Carolina Panthers. Yep, and this game does fall into that 0-2 trend we talked about. And Herbert has had all week. You know what? Side side note. What? Herbert? I just – he call it A-Bear. Like, A-Bear is so much cooler. Don't try to uh, church it up there, Dirk. I mean, yeah. Well, I'll, I'm going to church it up. You know what? His name is Abear for me <laughs> now on. I, I just, I can't. Herbert sounds like a farmer in Middle Iowa. I just not a, not a Chargers quarterback. So, Abear has had all week to think about uh, starting this game instead of the five minutes that he had last week to run in there and uh, start against the Kansas City Chiefs. And um, you might think that it's harder to start with less time. But honestly, in his case, with his talent and no time to think about facing the world champs, I think it actually favored him. Like, you know, if he had all week to think about facing the Chiefs, I think he would have, you know, tightened up a little bit and it could have caused some problems. Um, now with a think now with a week to think about it, laying almost a what you got the, what did you say the line was? Six and a half. Okay, almost a touchdown. We'll see what that line does. I think that you know, I think his asshole might get a little tight. And Carolina clearly is not the Chiefs, but that was a uh, that was a phenomenal performance he did last week. Let's see if he can back that up with a week to think about it. Like I said, I lean Carolina here. They've shown they can score against teams. So, you know, Chargers are just one of those teams, much like the Browns, that when they're favored by almost a touchdown, I immediately start leaning the other way. What do you got? Yeah, it's already down to six at Circuit Sports. You need to grab those Panthers now, and I'm 100% with you. And the Panthers are the fifth and final team. No, sorry, four, four out of five teams that have fallen yeah. into that trend, the 0-2 trend. 
I think they go there. I think that I, I think they actually probably win this football game. Oh, uh, but I love the six and a half for sure. Wow. And uh, I mean, any organization that's going to stab their own fucking quarterback in the lung, you probably just don't deserve <laughs> to cover the next. I week. mean, like, you probably just don't. Accidents happen, man. I mean, yeah, a lot of people go to school for seven years. All Those right, needles are on. long. Those needles are long. <laughs> We're going to go to the desert. And those Arizona fighting midgets have a five and a half point home favorite over those, or should I say your, mm. maybe your former at this point, Detroit Lions. Ah, man. First, they're, they're just, I can't, I can't get Detroit right. I just can't. They, they've burned both of us over the last two or three years. They're just, just, we're done. We're done with Detroit. Detroit has had a first half or late game lead in both of their games this year. A 14-3 lead last week versus Green Bay, Green Bay and a 23-6 lead in week one versus Chicago. Um, they're just the, the fuck-ups of the league this year. And let's not forget last year that Detroit had this exact game here in Arizona and blew that huge lead. Uh, ended up being a tie and kind of Kyler's coming out party there. Um, I am just completely done with the Lions. Uh, it seems they find a way to lose at all, in any and all ways. Um, injuries are still a factor for Detroit, uh, specifically on defense. I know Galladay is supposed to come back and play, so that will. Let's just see. You know, it, it feels like. Let's put it this way: I am done with Detroit, and I do have no faith in them. But let's put it this way: if they do, with Galladay back, come out and show the defense or the team that they that they were supposed to be to start the year. That will breathe some life into them. I don't have any any faith that they will. And as a matter of fact, I will say this, and I'll throw it to you. Pray that Detroit jumps out to a 7-0 or even 10-0 or, heaven forbid, 14-0 lead in this game early because that will open up one of the best smash, live bet smash opportunities for you on Arizona. You know, if they get out to that double-digit lead, you're basically getting Arizona at even, or even you might even get Arizona at plus three, depending on the lead that Detroit puts up. So, you know, uh, what do you got? Because I'm not, I'm not heavily interested in laying those points. I guess I could be talked into it. What do you got over there? Yeah, I'm definitely on the Cardinals here. The Lions are the last of five. Now, of the five teams going to fall in the trend, but we told you two are going to lose. This is going to be one of them. Uh, speaking of being 10 points, and this is the only stat I'm going to give you in this game, and I love this stat. So, win-loss record since 2019 for NFL teams who are not coached by Matt Patricia or, <laughs> as he's also known in this podcast, Mr. Fatty Fatty Boombalati. Sure. When they have games where they have a 10 or more, 10 points or more lead at any point in the game, any point in the game, 219 wins, 34 losses, 86.6% straight-up winning <laughs> since 2019. Any and every NFL team not coached by Mr. Fatty Fatty Boombalati, 86.6. Yep. Mr. Patricia, mm -hmm. his team has had eight of those games, or sorry, nine of those games in that same time frame. He is 2-6-1, and one, which is a 25%, not ATS, boys and girls, Straight up winning. 86.6 to the other 31 people, many of them already long fired. His fat ass still there, 25%. That's all you really need to know. Detroit sucks dick, and uh, 
I like yeah. to fight in, uh, I like to fight in Murray's to win this game pretty comfortably. But you know they are they are one of the five, so yeah, 60%, 60%, 60% chance winner here. All right, moving on. Those Denver Broncos are hosting the Tampa Brady uh, Buccaneers, and they are five and a half point home dogs. Ooh, it's falling under the six. Um, the altitude here in Denver early in the season is always one of those reliable trends, um, and it you know it paid off week one with the ATS win versus Tennessee. Um, uh, here, here, here's here's what I wrote down. Look, Tennessee was what? Do you remember what that line was at uh, when Tennessee went to Denver in week one? Was it two and a half? It's two and a half. Yeah. Okay, so Dem- uh, Tennessee went there. And we're two and a half point favorites, and now Tampa Bay is coming in there, and there's well, it was six. You're saying it's five and a half now. Is Tampa Bay that much better than Tennessee? I just don't think they are right now at this point in the season. They might. Uh, we both think they will be eventually, um, you know. And I know that Driscoll is starting over Locke, but I mean, is Driscoll a huge up downgrade over Locke? I don't think that you can. I mean, I just don't think there's enough sample size to do that on either one of those quarterbacks, really. So I think the numbers are a little out of whack here. Um, I would lean Denver here, you know, because of the things I talked about, along with the altitude. Uh, all the value is is just on Denver here to me. Tom has historically had fits in this stadium, and I know it's against a much better defense, uh, and Peyton Manning was there. But, you know, just some sometimes these stadiums have ghosts that carry on, you know, throughout the years. So I'm going to lean with Denver here. I know it goes against um, some some conventional thinking, but um, give me give me Denver. I don't I don't like it at five and a half. I'd, I'd like it much better at six. What do you got? Yeah, I lean uh, Tampa Bay. So the total uh, talking about the difference of the team, I got them about a point and a half difference. Tampa Bay better than Tennessee at this point which is not enough to your point to make up from two and a half to five and a half. However, you take Driscoll, who is a below average even for backup, and Locke, you have to rate him as an average or just maybe slightly below average starting quarterback. I think that's your other points. The line is probably about right, so I don't have any interest in playing it. However, I will lean Tampa Bay, and if you look at the total being 43, I just don't know. You talked last week about how the Jets score the ball, which you were right. I mean, they got a trash time touchdown that fucked you on the under, but they didn't really score the ball. I don't know how Denver scores the ball against this defense. Tampa Bay's oh. defense is legit, people. It's legit. Mm. And That's... I don't know how they score the ball, and Tampa Bay is going to score the ball. So that's that's why I lean Tampa Bay. That's di- Just real quick, that's a disrespect to the Denver talent. They they do have some pretty talented high draft picks on, that, on the offensive skill position. Yeah, but Sutton's out. Their best player's out. And their starting oh, quarterback is out. Okay, How are they going to Ju- score the ball? Fant, the Judy, ball? Gordon. Judy's a I mean, rookie. And he's I got Driscoll that. throwing to him at this point. Uh, okay. We'll, we'll see. We will see. <laughs> we'll find out. Can't right, wait. Move, moving on. Those Seattle Seahawks host those Dallas Cowboys. And they are five-point home favorites. Yeah. Last week, Dallas had what turned out to be five turnovers with the three turnovers and the two fake punts. Honestly, this game's been talked about so much. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time here. Bottom line is uh, this line is off by two full points to me on the power rankings. I think you get a, you're getting a two-point uh, value on Dallas. I do lean to Dallas in this game. Um, 
It will be high scoring. It will be one of those, I mean, just perfect backdoor situations for Dallas. And, you know, is it really going to surprise anybody at all if Dallas goes up there and wins this game? With Remember, there's no fans in Seattle. Um, you know, and, and New England just went up there and almost won. You know, coming into the season, Dallas and New England, Dallas was ready to hire the New England. So I'll make it short. I, I lean Dallas in the points here. What do you got? 100% with you on the Cows. We talked about this one on the Degenerate today. Uh, if you look, like you said, the the line is off by about it's about a two point delta to the cows. But anyway, you look at it. One quick note on this: Seattle has actually been outgained in both games they played. They've looked dominant. They've been outgained, and the Cowboys yeah. were only outgained by about twenty yards by the Rams. They outgained the Falcons by two hundred yards last week. Oof. So I know the results haven't been there quite yet for the cows, but. This is one of the ones I, I feel really good about them covering the spread. We were against them on the Rams, and we were against them last week on Atlanta. We didn't bet it, but we did lean Atlanta. But we did bet them the first week, and I think we're back on the right side of the Cows mm-hmm. at this point with the plus five. Yep. All right, moving on. Those New Orleans Saints are down now to a consensus three-point home favorite versus Green Bay Packers in the Sunday night matchup of the week. Man, what a great game. Yeah, and this is my narrative game of the week, baby. Rodgers is back to the MVP Rodgers of old, and Drew Brees is shot. That is the story going around the radio waves and across the country. Look, we make a living fading these narratives, so I'm immediately attracted to New Orleans based on that right out of the gate. Um, now let's dive into the the you know a little deeper into the numbers and the handicap. Green Bay's offensive line has graded out in the top two in the league in both pass blocking and run blocking um but but you know it has been against minnesota and detroit and uh so there there's some sample size issues there issues there and there's some competition uh level competition issues there um this will be the first real defense that they face um so i'm curious to see how you know that team 40 burger for green bay can can do against this defense now on the other side of the ball breeze is only averaging an intended air yards of four point eight which is the lowest of any quarterback through two games in the last 11 years. So he has been what you would call not good. Uh, (laughs) Now, you know, all that's true and all that's documented. But to to be fair, I think the talk of him being completely done and shot is premature and and a little out of bounds. Um, Green Bay has not been good against the run this year, and I do look for New Orleans to get that going to help Breeze out. You know, obviously the the narratives – across the country are all pointing to green bay here which points me to new orleans not that i'm in a hurry to go bet that um and, uh but you know with adams out you know just to me this feels like one of those ones that's going to flip narrative flip games on a force lean i give me new orleans yeah i mean i don't have much to add those are beautiful breakdown and i can't help but to lean with you all right okay. moving on to the monday night football and goddamn i just to be honest with you guys, I don't check out a lot of Monday Night Football. It's usually crap-ass matchups. <laughs> this, boys and girls, is worth the fucking price of admission. It is mm. the Baltimore Ravens. Consensus in Vegas right now, favorites for the Super Bowl. Some number one team in the league, if you want to go by that definition. Hosting the Kansas City Chiefs, second overall favorite of the Super Bowl. So in other words, second best team in football, if you want to go by the definition again. It is a three-and-a-half-point Baltimore line. Longhorn, what you got? Yeah, obviously, like you said, this is the game of the week. Um, <clears throat> look, I'm of the belief that 
Kansas City spent all last week preparing for Baltimore and not the familiar opponent, uh, the L.A. Chargers. Um, I think that I think that Andy Reid knew he could go in and beat the Chargers in what he thought was going to be Tyrod Taylor uh, starting. That was a you know last minute substitution, and that and that probably did throw uh, throw them for a loop and cause that close game. But I truly believe that Kansas City spent the last two weeks preparing for this Baltimore team because let's face it. There's only one spot. Uh, there's only one bye in each conference this year. So the winner of this game is in the driver's seat for that for that one uh, bye slot. Um, and Baltimore last week they boat raced the shit out of Houston, uh, which which you know again this is just conjecture, but it tells me that that they just they just show up, they do their they do their thing, they they pack up, they leave, they get ready for the next game. They're they're not interested in in the, in the look aheads, you know. These are the league's two best teams, and 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 this feels like a week three playoff game, as weird as that sounds. And we've seen Lamar in playoff games, and it is not good in the past. Uh, so again, I, like I said, I, I I do understand and recognize that this is a lot of conjecture with not a whole lot of numbers to back it up. But again, it's week three; we don't have a whole lot of numbers to back it up. To me, you're getting Andy Reid on what I believe two weeks to prepare. For this game, you're getting Mahomes. You're getting three, three and a half. Give me Kansas City getting those points. And as a matter of fact, Bo has hit that sounder. Let's take Kansas City to win this game straight up. Let's fucking do it. Yeah, man, I love it. Um, look, Baltimore's a great team. There's no doubt about that. What Harbaugh has done with uh, Lamar and that team and putting that together has been nothing sort of Nothing short of tremendous, but at the same time, you're telling me I get the best quarterback in all of football, and you're going to give me more than a field goal Man. against the team in Baltimore. To your point, Lamar has struggled in the playoffs, but I don't think that, just like you said about narratives, I don't think that's the proper narrative. I think what the proper narrative should be is, I don't know how many really good teams Baltimore's beaten in the last two years. Honestly, like when they face a really good team, a really good team that's there in the end, that's the teams they've struggled with and lost. And they don't lose very many football games. So I think this is one of those teams where Kansas is probably going to come in there and and beat them, like to your point. And at the end of the day, again, you give me more than three points and the best quarterback in football, I'm going to take the Chiefs every single time being being health that's equal, which it is on both sides. I just because here's the thing, you gotta ask yourself this last thing real quick. You gotta ask yourself where the rub is in this game. Let's say Baltimore, we're wrong, and Baltimore comes up and just jumps the shit out of them, right, and gets Kansas City down ten points. You know what Patrick Mahomes done the last? I think it was five games. He's been down by double digits. He wins. He's won every single fucking game, every single fucking one of them. So. But when Baltimore gets down, if Kansas City comes up and jumps Baltimore, which is absolutely possible, Lamar does not have the ability to come back. So you've got a one-way winning ticket right there. One-way winning ticket. And and the only way you win with Baltimore is if they come out and dominate, and they can maintain that and keep Mahomes off the scoreboard the entire game. And good fucking luck with that. Yeah, I like it. All right, boys and girls, that was all the wins that were coming in the air tonight, baby!
Alright boys and girls, this is part of the show you've all been waiting for. It's time for that NFL free. I said free pick of the week, baby. Yep, and I hit the sounder on those Giants for the second week in a row. Uh, so obviously it's going to be my free pick. Let's take those Giants winning that game outright, but of course use those points. Um, might need them, might not. We'll see what happens. But New York Giants plus the three and a half now, I believe you said. NFL free pick of the week. Sounds oh, and yeah, sorry, real quick. The money line party of the week is going to be the New York Giants, Philadelphia, New England, New Orleans, and wrapping it up with Kansas City on Monday night. This five game parlay pays twenty to one, baby. Twenty to motherfucking one. Let's fucking go. Longhorn, tell them about that fabulous website one more time. All right, you glory hole seekers. That's gonna wrap up another award winning episode of the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the Sports Patio next week, and don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating so we can pay those bills. Hit us up on any of our social medias, and don't forget to subscribe and give uh, and subscribe to both our YouTube channels, The Football Glory Hole and The Degenerate with RJ Choppy. We give out free picks on our website, on our podcast, and also on our YouTube quick hits so people stop being sports stupid and use them all but more importantly sign up for those premium picks at our website so that we may become partners for life and both cephas as always in a mostly non-sexual way people stop throwing away your hard-earned money on a guessing game let the pros do the heavy lifting so sign up tell a friend and join in on the fun of watching football drinking beer and never Pay a bookie again. Come on. God damn it. People never pay a bookie again. Steven Tyler, take us up, baby.